Yeah, man, to hear past episodes of the Rap Radar podcast, what do they have to do, B-Dot? It's easy. Sign up for Title at title.com backslash on air. Receive a three-month complimentary membership. You'll get access to over 48 million songs, 175,000 videos. And don't forget the exclusive concert, live streams, the ticket giveaways, and so much more. Go to title.com on air. Yeah, Rap Radar podcast, Elliot Wilson. It's B-Dot. B-Dot, this is legendary, man. Yes, sir. This guy's from Queens. Yes, I, yes, I am. He's one of us, man. Yes, he is. Welcome to the tribe. Yeah. <laughs> what do you start? What do you What do you call yourself? There's too many occupations. I man. don't even have. Oh, I, I, gonna, like I had a bunch of nicknames. Um, uh, we're gonna get to the commissioner. Uh, oh, that's well, my favorite. That's probably the only one I got. Um, yeah, look, man, I, I'm an. Entrepreneur. All right, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it for you. All right, this is how I know this guy, man. First of all, I, what I knew about him was you hear about this guy. Well, first, I know your background is kid and play, role manager for kid and play. That's true. Paid your dues with that. Yeah, I was road roadie. I keep I gotta say that roadie. That's that's below road manager. Like, <laughs> damn, you assist the road. <laughs> damn, did you have yeah, to iron man. plays outfits? Uh, no, play wore leather. <laughs> <laughs> this is Steve Stout, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Steve Stout. <laughs> Stout. No, but I was gonna say. We, but here's what I want to explain. The most exciting era, though, is out of nowhere. You hear about this man named Commissioner Steve Stout. The commissioner. And he's all of a sudden managing Nas. And this is Nas post-Illmatic. The whole world's looking at this guy, right? And what I remember being a critic in the early days of the era was, it was like, like, who is this guy? And all of a sudden now Nas' music's changing, his sound's changing, the way he's approaching things is changing. You were one of those guys. One of those guys. (laughs) Shit. That the commissioner, you know, because we loved Illmatic. Like, we loved Illmatic, and that was that pure art, and the source gave it that big five mics, and it was like, this is our... So how the fuck do you follow that up? At the end of the day, here comes the commissioner, Steve Stout, who is this guy? And, you know, the, the irony is that the kids today think it was written as an undisputed masterpiece. You know what? That shit makes me so happy, bro. Yes. Because the shit I went through during that time. See, I'm not lying. So you no, no, no. You'll explain that I told that, the By the way, here. I had to do two things. Like, <laughs> I had to make the follow-up to Illmatic, and then I had to make the follow-up to Mary J. Blige's My Life. Mm. Ooh, I'm the executive producer that. on Share My World. Wow. And I kept on thinking the entire time, I have to make the follow-up to two of the best albums of all time. Of all right. time. And like I gotta go in there and figure it out. And of course you wanna move the artist forward and but you don't wanna fuck up what made the artist and what made them dope. And I mean, my life isn't isn't a masterpiece. Classic. I mean what Puff did with that album was just phenomenal. I it's hard to believe how how him and Chucky and that whole team made that album and the lyrics and the music, it was so advanced. And El, obviously, El, Elmatic is, you know, if Yeah, I saw you making up Elmatic on Instagram. You wrote quality top to bottom with no lines off. Thank yeah. you for inspiring no, that's your generation. Right. That's right. Yeah. No lines off. He took no lines off in that whole album. Wow. I, 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 that's what I want to talk about with, with, when you talk about rap music and rap classics. And, I, and, I, and, I, and because you guys are so rap radar, um, are so important to the culture. Elliot, what you do is you're truthful about the origin of the art form. Always make sure though, like when you do that, like take no lines off. I mean, literally not one Explain line Explain what you mean off. when you say that to the rappers I mean, of today. No, not one line off. Like from the time that verse starts, 
the top of the first verse and you get to the end of that song. 16 bars. It's 16 bars and every single word has a purpose. There's not one throwaway line. There's not some bullshit metaphor to get you out of a tough word. And you don't mm-hmm. have to do it in one take and you don't have to, yeah, you can write it down too if you want to. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you just, however you get there, you get there. Like, you just gotta get there. No, but don't cats feel like it's cool now to not write it down and then I, labor over well, it? Well, a lot like, of, you know. I'm sure cats feel right, why even make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't point. it cool not to make sense? <laughs> but, but talk about that time though to go back to it. Wait, I'm gonna give you a gift after we get past, past this part because I gotta get this out. I'm so it's excited. But it's irony to hear how much, and then when I see your stuff, when I see what you do, you love hip hop, you love rap I, to your core. All I want to do is right here is talk about anything hip hop, era, who did what, produced <laughs> what. I, that's all I want to talk yeah. about. I love it. But yeah, you yeah, were yeah. viewed as the complete opposite of that when you jumped in the mix because people didn't know you, I think, and I did the idea that, you, what they that you're going to take a Nas and make him into this commercial thing. Oh, listen, you, you know, know what? Like, talk about that, that climate of that. Well, I love uh, Q-Tip, and I'm a, it's like, here it goes, though. When I was at the mastering session for I Rule the World, I'm a 25-year-old guy making this Damn. guy's record, and Q-Tip is telling me straight up, yo, you sure you want to do this? When I Rule the World, like questioning me, wow. and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, is he mad Look at that I didn't... <laughs> Because that record is a great record. How can anyone question because, that? Because, you know, is he mad that he didn't produce on the new album? Because mm. he produced on Illmatic? And maybe it was that. Maybe he's right. Maybe it's not coming from any other place. But, you know, why is why you, why you put Nas in a commercial place? And I'm sitting there thinking, look, man, it's Lauryn Hill. And I Rule the World is actually Curtis Blow. Yeah. Like, what is he, everything. Like, yeah. what is he talking about? But that was frowned upon to take popular songs or popular rhythms. Except of, when yeah. Juicy came out? Mm. Yeah. I, I don't even understand all of that. It's almost like nobody wanted Nas to do it. Yeah. That's how mm. I felt. Yes. It's like nobody they wanted. Didn't. And that's the part that bothered me. I'm like, oh, he's not supposed to be successful. He's supposed to just be G-Rap. Mm. Like G-Rap did something with rap lyrics that was dope. And everybody appreciated what G-Rap did. Nas had the G-Rap thing. But Nas also is a superstar. G-Rap could write his ass off. He wasn't a superstar. Mm. Nas is a superstar. So how did you connect with Nas? And was your goal to turning him at that time was to turn him into a superstar? No. My goal was to um, manage him, man. I, I, I literally went to the projects and walked right through... Queensbridge asking, does anybody know Nas? Wow. And like straight up, like just, and, and it's the kind of person I am. Like if you just know this about me, it'll explain everything about me. I'm walking through the projects, fearless. You had connects out there? Zero. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a Lexus, I had a Lexus, I had the, 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 the white Lexus, paralyzed white Lexus, walking through the front. And I'm like, does anybody know Nas? And a couple of dudes came, pulled out, and it happened to be Wiz and Jungle. Wow. And they thought they had beef with some guys from um, some other projects that's right near there. Oh, Ra- Ravenswood? Ravenswood. Ravenswood. Ravenswood Astoria. Exactly. Ravenswood. How do you know that? It was Ravenswood. Ravenswood. We're from Ravenswood. Queens, man. Queens, man. I think they had beef with them. They had beef with somebody else. Well, I'm from Woodside. We right. had beef with okay. Astoria and Ravenswood. Yeah, but yeah. so they had beef. And like, they, uh, you know, and then somebody... Jungle was like, wait a minute, he 
for some strange reason, they're like, this guy is not here with the gun in the car. And like, this yeah. is not that. This yeah. may be, this may be official business. Yeah, this is a different energy. And uh, Nas wasn't even living there. Nas had moved to like Kew Gardens or something mm. at that time. But like, I didn't know that. I was listening to so the records. What made you go? Like, I'm going to go find Nas and manage him? Like, yeah. where does that come from? I'm just like, that's who also, I am. Also, he had man. a rep of being unmanageable back then. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, you know what? Elliot, I'm, I'm, the thing about me is that I'm relentless when I want something. And I will, and I'm very resourceful. And I, and I, and I don't mind looking under anything or, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. That's what you got to do. There's no handbook. You know, how, oh. how else was I going to get to Nas? Everybody else was doing the other thing. Calling his lawyer, mm. calling the record company, <laughs> trying to do it that way. I'm not doing it that way. I'm going through. I'm going to. So, where what, he so where was he at? Do you refresh my memory? So Illmatic came out. He had yeah. done well, but he wasn't. Yeah, really you know what? I didn't, right I didn't like what was happening. I felt like Az Sugar Hill had come out, mm. and Az was looking big, and I felt like Nas. I don't know, man. Something drew me to the kid. I, th- I felt like something. It was going to be one of those things where he made this album and everybody loved it, and then all of a sudden, yeah. Nothing happened. Mm. You so know, a critical acclaim critical, more than yeah. It, it, it turns into some critical acclaim, and we don't. And that could have easily happened yeah. with him. Yeah. Back then, definitely not even mm. fully knowing his temperament, right? The people around him, him yeah. the, the shit that he could have got into. You know, that's why him and I, I we talk about it all the time. You know, where the two guys standing, man? Where the last two guys standing? You, you talk about during that era. You know, it was uh, Biggie and Puff and Damon and Hove and. And me and Nas, that's how we looked at it. Yeah. And you know, uh, 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 Biggie unfortunately passed, man. And like Damon J went their separate ways. Me and Nas are best friends right now. Yeah. He's told, I told on his IG one thing you put up, and he had wrote, "You saw what I couldn't see, and then showed it to me." That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate him for for saying that because I love him. And um, we never had a management contract. Really? Wow. Nothing. No, man. We just we just did what we did, man. He he's a very very special person. He's a very very special person. So man. what was it like putting it was written together from your viewpoint? We was playing a little bit of it when you yeah, walked in. Yeah, it was right? a lot of it was a lot of pressure because I didn't want to mess anything up. And um the hardest thing was when you listen to like the message. Man, and oh, oh, before we put out the album, my first Marketing. Oh, Escobar season. That's all. The marketing plan was used though. He turned nasty. He turned nasty Nas into Nas Escobar. Escobar season begins. Repent your sins. (laughs) Yo, wait. We get the bottle. Let me get the bottle. We put the. We put the mix. Listen to this. We made the Mm mixtape, and we put it inside the Source magazine for the subscribers who got it in the mail. So they had to. They had to wrap the the Source magazine in the plastic shrink wrap. And put the tape in there, and the tape had three freestyles on it. Crazy, wow, crazy. So you got the freestyles off the rip from the tape or from the from the joint, and that was the way. And that was me doing two things: covering that I'm coming with "I Rule the World." Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get those rhymes out, yeah. so you didn't think because you didn't hear him rhyme like in a while. Like he he wasn't throwing verses away and shit mm-hmm. like that on clue tapes or anything. No, Not yet. but but yeah. you heard the um. I think the Raekwon, the Raekwon verse may came out. Verbal intercourse? Yeah. yeah. 
Because you only killed, yeah. yeah. He killed it. Forget that. Right? <laughs> Forget all that. <laughs> but we just wanted to get the rhymes out. And then, we so we did that. And then after we did that, we went for, um, um, I wanted the first thing on the album to be like, yo, don't think I went anywhere with the rhymes. And it was, the the first thing was the message. Mm. And, um, you know, that probably was the beginning of, you know, the little, it was like the first, probably the first jab he had at home. Fake Thug, No Love. No, no, no. no. set in the headrest. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. TV sets, sets. the the minimum. TV sets was actually the minimum. Yeah. 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 So you realized at the time he was tapping Hove at that time? TV sets with yeah. Lex. No well, in fact, when I shot the I Rule the World video, remember, I let that part play first. Mm. Remember the video, I Rule ah. the World? He spit all at one love, one Lex life, so there could only be one king. One life, one love, so there could only be one king. Then Ooh. Lauren Hill comes in. Like, I just wanted everybody, the rhymes wasn't going nowhere, but we was- We're going we was, here. We about right. to take off. We about to take flight. Pink suits and all that, street dreams. Well, I don't know if the suit was pink, man. <laughs> Why you had to bring up the suit was pink? It was fly. All right, Peter. <laughs> but you broke gifts, it. though, Steve, yeah. man. I had to get you a little something, man. He said, you know what he said? Because B-Dot said, yo, tell a rich nigga to bring some vino. You know how he does it at the Kobe game. I was going to be like, if I know Stout, Stout's going to be like, fuck all that. I'm the guest. You said the hoe? Bring me the thing. No, no, B-Dot said <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, I like, said, yeah, Stout's going to I was like, I'll bring the gift, man. It's a little something. Thank you okay, very much. Okay. Listen, bro, we're going to pop this right now. Thank Let's you so much. It. Let's do it. We're going to hit this opus. opener. And get into it. Light I mean, one. We have to tell you that. That's yeah. a light one. You know, I could. I was last no, I'm minute. I'm not saying no, 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 Opus no. Opus no, was no, a light no, one. No, no. It's, <laughs> listen, listen. It's it was a, last it, minute, it's Steve. Not, it's, listen, hold on, time out. It's the thought that counts. I'm not even shitting on it. Why are you? Why you <laughs> got that from the gas you station crazy? or something. Don't do that. He didn't get it from the gas station. This the gas. <laughs> but we have a reason to celebrate, too. I saw recently in the news, man, you're still connected these dots. Steve, man, with Gucci and uh, Dapper Dan. Yeah. Thank you for asking me that, man. Like, um, yeah. How does that happen? Because you made it right, which is what you've done. How the fuck that, could that not happen? You know what? Talking about Dapper Dan and Gucci. How does right. Dapper Dan create all the shit that Supreme and all these guys copy to this day and not get paid? Look at the Supreme jacket mm. with the elf red with the. That's Dapper Dan. Right. Like, come on. It's no big deal. Like, everybody was jacking this guy and he didn't get his just due. They shut him down in the early 80s. And, you know, I feel like it's my job. I always felt like that. I don't care what anybody say. Like, anybody who knows me well enough knows, man. I had a day uh, this summer where I literally left my family. I left my daughter. And I went to 125th. I had to go see Cool Herc to get him to do the Google Doodle when they took over that thing on August 4th. Because they they couldn't get him. So I I had to find Cool Herc. I had to meet Cool Herc in Harlem. And it was a hard time to even get to him. And then he was late. Then I went to Dapper Dan's house, who lived like six blocks away because I was meeting him at the Red Rooster. Went to Dapper Dan till Herc got there, sat with Dapper for a bit. Then Herc called me, went back there, met with Herc, got him to agree wow. that he was going to yeah. allow his image to be used for the Google Doodle thing. Yep. And they went back to see, to, to, to see Dapper. Wow. And I'm like, I don't think anyone's ever done this. Wow. I'm I'm with Cool Herc and Dapper Dan the same day, actually working for them for free. That's crazy. That's what I do. Like, it's about moving culture forward. I'm not making that up. I don't just use it as a hashtag or a joke. Mm-hmm. But my whole thing, whether it was 
the Jay-Z sneak in the beginning, the Jay-Z blue, to the HP shit with Jay-Z half by. I just, and I get really excited about yeah, it. Yeah, you love it. I really get excited about it. It's not like a fake feeling. It's, it's like, not drop, like is it like dropping a hit record or a platinum album? Like when you get a, when you get a marketing piece of commercial off the right way or a campaign the right way, oh, it does feels, it give you that rush of like it a, feels yeah, it feels like just like that. Like we did the Super Bowl commercial with the NFL last year and we put dead presidents in it. Mm. Like uh we did this commercial with the outline of the United States and I put uh dead presidents in it. I'm like, I love the fact that we got dead presidents off. Right. In, on a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. I love the AI. When I look at the AI, Jadakiss thing, I'm like, Reebok. Yeah, that man, was I can't even believe classic. I did this they shit. They played that shit on the radio. Yeah. Yes. Right? The, they were the, playing. The sneaker the, squeaks and all that yeah. shit, right? But man, Tone, Trackmasters. And, and everybody was eating. Yeah. You know who loves Trackmasters? I do. This gentleman to your right. Trackmasters. I mean, before we get to Trackmasters, I want to talk more a little bit about Gucci and Dapper Dan. Okay, go ahead. Oh, we fucked up the court. It's all good. Yeah, I fucked up the court. But you know what it is? <laughs> we'll get it right. We'll get, we'll get there. We won't, we won't get cork in this wine. Don't worry about it. So with Gucci and Dapper Dan, like, how did that? Did you bring them into a mutual place? And like, what's going to come about of that? Okay, so check this out. Oh yeah, we didn't even finish that. Right. I'm sorry. Good job, be that. Yeah. <laughs> interview is going I got well. Too many notes, man. The interview is going well so far. So far, so good. Sounds like you got 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um, so check this out here. Okay. Boom. Oh, you, gotta, you got something in this you got glass. Some white in yeah, I'm not pouring on that. Come on, man. What I mean, you doing, man? I got you right by hand. I got you right here. Okay. Right, 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 right. <laughs> We're gonna need another glass. Oh shit, we need another glass. So there's a piece uh that comes out that Gucci made that looked like <clears throat> it was inspired by right. <laughs> a Dapper Dan piece that he made from Louis Vuitton in the early 80s. Now the, the woman who wore it. Was Diane Dixon? She's yeah, like a Olympian. Olympian, like so. She had to join on. She takes the pictures. Gucci makes something that's inspired by that. The internet goes crazy. Right. There's a guy who I know, who's at Gucci, who runs all their marketing, who I actually met 20 years ago when I had first started doing the S dots of with Reebok because Armani, he worked at Armani and Armani wanted to make sneakers as well. Mm. And they actually brought us in. They were going to do a collab with Reebok. It, this is like 1999, 2000. And I mean, that guy always stayed in contact. We didn't do the collab, but him and I stayed in contact. Mm. 20 years later, he's over running things at Gucci. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. there was some, there was some talk about Gucci copying Dapper and what was going on. And it was an article that came out and I was quoted in it. And he was like, boom, I know Steve. Mm -hmm. So he called me and this whole thing started. And the, the the designer, the head designer over at uh, Gucci, Alessandro, is really like a street kid, Italian street kid who loves Dapper Dan mm -hmm. and loves what he stood for. And um, it was truly inspiration, you know, and they were like, look, man, we don't want no, we want to make this thing work. And shit man we're doing something tremendous i mean i i i can't it's it's tremendous when people when people find out what this this is not regular this is not gonna be like it's not you a know it's gonna be like oh no 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 no. it's not gonna be like a shirt that got dapper on it mm -hmm. no it's gonna be a full a You're full almost legitimizing what was we did counterculture yeah. back then and right? that's all i want and and you know what check move on mm. check move on 
That's why I wrote The Tanning of America. That's why all of these things were meant so that it'll never, ever get forgotten. We're not going to let this thing happen where people forget the impact that we made that's going to last a lifetime and generations. I'm not going to let it happen. Right. I'm just not going to let it happen. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, like to go a cheers. little forward. Right, was cheers. 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 Yes, sir. All right. Mm. Good pickup, you was, you was president of Interscope. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Vida. <laughs> you went for the, ah, before you even tasted it. Man. You had a premeditated, I'm ah. Just, but people don't realize, but Steve, people don't realize, commissioner, people don't realize, first of all, why are you the commissioner? We never, what's the R? Who called you? Was Poketone or Nas? You? No, no, Nas How'd you come to the commissioner? Nas called me the commissioner. Um, I think he got it from Batman. I don't know where he got it from. <laughs> yes, commissioner. From Batman. But I know that they wanted me to like, in videos back then, he was gonna like, like I was gonna like grab the red phone, just mm. my hand and shit. And I was like, I didn't want to do videos and all that. I mean, I, I, I just wasn't in. You not in any videos? Can we catch you? you in one? Two, you could probably see me in nothing. No, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Nothing. No, I would never do that. Like I, I really took my job seriously. I, I, um, I didn't think because I was in the entertainment business that I shouldn't have taken it like seriously, like if I was a mechanic. Mm. Like I took it like that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't take the the entertainment part of the business and then be like, spend more time on the entertainment part and less time on the business. But the commission thing the business. took off though. The, the nickname. People still call me that. You know what? I'm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, the commissioner thing took off, and um, I, I think that I've done a, a decent job living up to the reputation of what I stand for on on in, in, in the industry and. You know, uh, I'm I'm happy with it. Speaking the monarch is cool. The commission. Speaking of what you stand for, like people don't realize that. To me, also remembering your career trajectory, like as president of Interscope, you're like what 29, 30 years old. You're kind of at the height of the business, wow. at the height of yeah. You know, That's crazy. And all of a sudden, you leave the business. You leave the music business. Yeah. I remember it was such a big deal, and yeah. then you started getting on this new path with the advertising world. Like, what made you do it? And that was such a bold move because okay. back then, having a big record label job was yeah. the ultimate. Yeah. You know what? Happiness is something that you hear it a lot. Now everybody's an inspirational everybody's everybody's Tony Robbins on the internet. They go on Instagram, there's fifty-five black Tony Robbins. Right. You know, everybody's Tony Robbins. We're doing that back then. Yeah. But, but what, what what I was thinking was this is very important. When an industry doesn't know the difference between good and great, that industry's in trouble. Mm. Okay. Come out the music industry, back anything. Well, no disrespect to these great men, but like when you have Ludacris, Ja Rule, and Nelly selling more records than Jay Z, the industry doesn't know the difference between good and great. The people don't know that that that's that those things was really happening. Yeah, and they, they were guys that weren't really talented making big salaries. That's the same thing that took place in the housing crisis. They were giving anybody a loan. Mm. The same thing in the music business. When it, it, there was so much money in the market, they were paying anybody anything, and everybody was getting a record deal, and everybody was going taking the radio, and everything was. And when you see stuff like that happening, it, it, it's not rewarding. Mm. It's like you could do it for the money, but it's not rewarding. Imagine that you're being in an industry and nobody knows the difference between you, your version of the truth, and everything else. Like that, yeah. what? What is your history so your for? What is all your wisdom for? 
if it just if it just looks like everybody what everybody else says. So Jay Z goes all oh, doing all this shit to write these rhymes, and then somebody else sells way more records than him with nothing, you know, hollow words and unfinished verses. Like when an industry is in that place. You gotta watch that industry. That's all I'm saying. And well, this I was is in 2004, it. right? No, 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 no. That's 2000, 2001. By so the you, time music was good, though, no, no, no. <laughs> yes, no, no. 98, was, 99, was, oh, 2000. No, no, no. You, you, now you're saying 98. I didn't say 98. All right, 2001. <laughs> I said yeah, 2000, 2001. I'm not saying the music wasn't good. There was a lot of it. it the inside of a record company, mm-hmm. there was a bunch of executives. Guy, yo, you, you just got this big job. You paying them seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. To do who? Yeah. He's a bum. <laughs> How you paying that bum? Right. So you having the big title it was negated in a sense, you felt, because it was like a Yeah, I didn't even, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I had a big job. Great. A lot of guys had big jobs. Mm. They were giving away big jobs. So you chose credibility. What made you feel like advertising was your calling and now you because because now you must I'm be proud of people. I'm going to tell you what happened. We did the Men in Black soundtrack. Boom. We sell 10 million of those things. That's right. The glasses Will Smith sold more than the album. Mm. The glasses he wore. The Ray-Ban man. wafers. Ray-Ban, yeah. and, 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 and the company that did the product placement on that, I said, you know what? I want to get down with them. I want to understand that. Because I could make more money and be more impactful to the culture if I understood how to monetize around it rather than just being another guy in the record business. Mm-hmm. But it, I had to go back to school. I had to go back to school. And I literally left a multi-million dollar job to go inside the advertising agency beginning to learn $450,000. Mm-hmm. These are facts. Yeah, you took and a major I, step back. I took a major step back for two years and I learned. And I started getting busy, and I, and I came at it sideways. Like I was like, okay, you know, when we're gonna do AI and Jada Kiss, the rebound, you know, we're gonna get Hype Williams to shoot the commercial. He don't shoot commercials, and we're gonna do the court like this. And Tone's gonna make the beat. And like, imagine if you just made the beat out of squeaking and the ball bouncing. Mm-hmm. How crazy dumb is that? And like things like that. And then we did. Um, I did another one that wasn't so good. But it was it was still a right idea. I, I was swinging and missing, but I had a chance to swing and miss. I yeah. did uh, Scarface and Steve Francis. Mm. Oh, I do remember. Yeah, that. I remember. We that. did a Scarface and Steve Francis spot. Then we did Fabulous. Remember he had the Air Force Ones, mm. but they weren't Air Force Ones. They were meant to look like Air Force Ones. <laughs> and he bit a jelly donut and it got the yeah. It, 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 yeah. Like if the Air Force Ones get dirty, you got to bring them back. Like I was just doing a bunch of stuff, and I was experimenting and learning. And then we did the G units, and that went. Crazy, and then the Pharrell ice creams, and those went crazy. Mm. Talk about learning a lot. So recently, like on social media, this it's is very clip. important that you know. So all these hip hop guys with sneakers right now, that was the beginning of it. Right. Well, also, it's funny that we see now this whole thing. Sorry, be that, yeah, but like, that. It reminds me that like, no disrespect, but Nike Air Force One, the Rockefeller, like there was a big, uh, you know, I was obviously huge when it came out. And no, but now, they, they, they weren't paying nobody. No, no, was, no, no, no. So I'm leading stitching yeah. the logo on the back. Mm. Like Nike wasn't paying you. They're putting the logo on the back and giving them away and get everybody walking around like they got on Rockefeller Air Force Ones. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, no one's making any money. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. And you know what? That's how weird and untouchable the sneaker category was because Dame 
it, Dame was very bullish on the Rockefeller brand and Jay-Z. Like, he wasn't giving nobody any <laughs> dips on that without paying full fucking retail. Mm. So for him, you understand what I'm saying by right. Like, you have to yeah. pay to get in. I remember. So, <laughs> but, but when it came to sneakers, it was almost like you can't do nothing with sneakers anyway because you can't start a sneaker company. Like, literally, the reason why Jay-Z was even, could make the S. Carters, they had Rocker, uh, Rockefeller, Rockerware. Mm -hmm. They get, Rockerware allowed a pass for him to make sneakers because they didn't, they weren't going to make sneakers. That's how obscene it was, like a rapper selling sneakers. Why? I'm like, why wouldn't a rapper sell sneakers? People don't wear sneakers because they make them jump higher and run faster. That's not true. They want to look fresh. For the look, right. yeah. Match so if you're going to make it for the look, match the hat, match the thing, who's better than that than Hove? So you right. think at that time, so that was part of the, you you and Jay coming together on the Reebok thing because why are you doing that one? We can get you your own shoe and we can make this That's thing right. Happen. And Jay, and that's, and by the way, if Jay-Z, for him to say, I will do a, 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 a partnership with Reebok. Back then. Back then, I was, he was aware of it. You know, you was a Reebok Vando. You know, you wish. <laughs> now you wish. He, like, Reebok was getting shitted on. Why would he do that? He believes in himself so much that he didn't give a fuck what. He was going to change your point of view on it. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. going to make it hot. Right, right, I'm right. going to make that shit hot. The worst shit, I'm going to make hot. Mm -hmm. And he did. So right. be, was that why? Because it seemed like that was the big thing, too. It seemed like here you are. Dame did rule Rockefeller with Iron Fist in that way, but then here you are now in a different way making doing business with Jay-Z. Yeah, well, that was obviously a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. But was it a problem before the shoe was successful? Because the shoe was successful, what, 10,000 out the gate, right? Like 10, an hour 000, and a half? Yeah, we went down to Philly. My man, JP, we went down to Philly, went down to your hood, <laughs> opened up that store on South Street, on the, uh, in, in South Street and just destroyed. Mm. We sold 10,000 of them in an hour. And they were selling for how much at the time? They were expensive. They must have been a buck. Wow. It was definitely over a buck. Then we went around the world. We had to, I, we, we took a, uh, a, a plane, put S car on, yeah. on the, on the, um, <laughs> as the tail number, literally landed in London. Red carpet comes out. Jay walks down, does the press conference right from the FBO. But nobody still did this idea. I don't understand this. <laughs> like you land a plane. Right. The shit rolls out, and you stand right there and do the press conference, get back on a plane, mm. fly to Italy, do that shit again. <laughs> like, you just don't leave. You just wow. land. Like, you land, like I don't even go inside of the world. Yeah, yeah. You just land to press meet you at the airport with the red carpet and the podium. Yeah, that time, we off to the next. You know how awesome. dope that is? It's just a visual. Drive-bys. Like, right. plane-bys. <laughs> like, plane-bys. <laughs> Fly-bys. So fly by your hood, right? You mentioned someone like Jay, and like I said, was alluding to earlier. I saw on social media that there's this clip of you talking about like ten artists that know the music business. Obviously, Jay would be one of those yeah. artists. What do you mean by that? Like, um, I just think that, well, huh, the artists get into the record business, they're fulfilling their dreams, man. They they wanna they wanna be a star. They wanna entertain people. They want to. Um, they're an artist. Mm -hmm. And that's their job, to be great artists. Unfortunately, the industry itself is not necessarily favorable to artists just wanting to be artists. In fact, the industry is taking advantage of the fact that people wanted to be artists notoriously, own their masters, 
shorted, shorted them, paid them with their own money, mm. um, had made decisions for the label that were not necessarily for the benefit of the artists themselves. Mm. And um, that's why a lot of artists end up broke. They, everybody wants to say they end up broke because they're just spending money and doing crazy shit. That's not true. You know, there's some truth to any young person making money, doing crazy shit and living their life. But the fact of the matter is, the money was never right. They, they, they never got the money. They never received the money that was equal to the impact that they've made. So a lot of it was, you know, shit, you running around saying that you got me signed to the label to sign 20 other acts, and like you just using me that way. Mm-hmm. And you own my masters. It's crazy. It's a, And owning the masters is so, it's almost like the equivalent of you renting an apartment but you have to pay for all of the renovations. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's yeah, like. Crazy you thing. pay for all of it. You pay for all this shit, but they own it. All right. So they take the money out of your money, the renovations, but they own the apartment. The fuck? Who does that? Right. It's the only business that lets that people. You know, photographers. Like, if you're a photographer, when your rights as a photographer. You retain those rights. They have to go back to mm-hmm. you to get those rights. Mm-hmm. So you know all this. Yeah. In the music business, they'll sign a guy up, pay him money. He's 18 years old. They're pay him whatever, in. whatever. Yeah. Lock him up. Whether it be five albums, seven albums, mm-hmm. three albums, whatever it is. You shouldn't be locked up to shit. That's why I see you champion disruptors like the Frank Ocean Blonde album. Yeah. I see you big enough chance to rapper. Like yeah. it's funny again. You like to me, it, you want to shake up the business. You even said there's going to be a huge revolution in the music business. Yeah, because the 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 huge revolution is that you know I'm getting back in the music business. I'm is going this to, the announcement? No, it's not. I mean, <laughs> we got an announcement. Yeah, we, we, we're going. I'm, I'm going back. I'm going back in the music business. Uh, the company's called United Masters. Um, and United Masters, Charlie Chaplin is Charlie Chapman's story. Mm-hmm. Charlie Chaplin actually started United Artists because in the film industry, if you were signed to Paramount, let's say, is it, you would sign to them for a bunch of films. And, and Paramount actually owned theaters. So you'd be a Paramount actor and your, mu- and your films would only be distributed in mm-hmm. Paramount theaters. Mm-hmm. And the government broke that up. But... Charlie Chapman started United Artists to break up that monopoly. Mm-hmm. And it was the artists doing it for themselves. So we're I'm going back in the industry, building United Masses, where the artists own their masses. They, sh- they, they should own their mm-hmm. rights. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like an advertising uh, a company and a music company should be together. Def Jam could have been a great advertising agency. Interscope could have been a Def, because they were on the edge of culture. Right? Like, um, so... Putting together a music company and an advertising company. So you keep in translation and combining yeah. it with you put United together, Managers. Yeah. Because they want everybody wants those services anyway. Mm. So the fact of the matter is we have creators, storytellers, and now we're going to start music distribution. And the key is, with our company, we actually hired a bunch of engineers. Like, not hired a bunch of engineers, got great, talented engineers to be a part of the company. Uh, guys who, you know built newsfeed of at Facebook and shit like that. And because what we're gonna be able to do is the artists are gonna be able to get their data mm. and be able to market to the to their super fans directly. You always say that eighty eight was like the best year in rap. Do you he think just that the, he went to eighty eight? <laughs> no, because you always say that eighty eight was the best year in rap. Do you feel like now is giving it a run for its money? 
right now to 88. Yeah, I mean, this is a great time to be in the music business, it seems like, with streaming. And- well, music, well, hold on. The best year in rap, 88, is about, look at the release schedule. Okay. Look, look, pull up the release schedule, 88. Big Daddy Kane's and everything. Big Daddy Kane, Public Enemy, <laughs> to, uh, NWA, Easy mm-hmm. e Classic release. Yeah, pull up, there's 18 of them. But, 1988 albums, go ahead. I mean, yeah. I, I think 90 so is better. I, but, uh, to your point... Well, I think, look, it's, I, I was talking about this yesterday, actually. I put it in errors, like 87 to 89. The, the words are just great. The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, 88. Yep, mm, that's true. You look at that, and then what happens is, boom, you get this great body of work, and then a bunch of, everybody now invests in it. So now a bunch of artists get record deals, a bunch of this, all this stuff happens. Then the Fushnikins gets a, <laughs> the Fushnikins happen. He, like he didn't like that Shaq shit. No, 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 no. I like Shaq. I'm just fucking around. But what happens is that's what happens. So the money, so the art gets big, it's credible, it gets big, and then all of a sudden money comes in. Then there's a bunch of guys who are not as talented as the- So the 90s more could get in, they wouldn't have got in in the 80s basically. Talent level. No, and then it took it. Then there was another wave in the 90s with, you know, Nas, Biggie, Wu Tang, all that. But there was a lull between mm-hmm. between 89 and 91. There was a musical yeah. lull. Mm-hmm. And we had the Hammer Vanilla Ice thing hanging yeah. over us. And all you that. said that. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> no, that was part of it, though. You don't think so? That hurt yeah, the spirit. I always, in a sense. You know, it's, and but it, now we respect Hammer more. I've always did. respected yeah. Hammer. But he took jazz. But what he back did, then. he took yeah. the, You know what? The 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 first He's guy an in, entertainer. the first guy on the dance floor always takes jabs. Yeah, mm. you're the first guy on the dance floor. You know you can't like <laughs> sure. that's what two, happens. Two step ain't right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, but you but you but you get other people to get up and dance right. Yeah, How, what, that's what Hammer did. Whether you liked it or not, right? He, he was the that's one who said analogy. he like took that, it global yeah. because the dance part. Either way, yeah, yeah. it's double entendre. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> fucking this opus works. It still works. <laughs> track masters. I want track, you to talk about. Tell him how much you. Because I was like, the funny thing is that everything song he loves of that era is track masters. I'm always, like, we have Stout is track masters. Yeah, we have these debates often about the best producers in hip hop, and usually yeah. the top ten. I always put the track masters up there, like you know, in the top ten, and people give me hell for. It. I'm like, who cares? How can you? So let's say who <laughs> explain the track masters to people that don't know? Because I feel like they're kind of you the mean most like unsung, accomplished producers. If you look at the stats, if you, you know go from. And they don't do press. We'll get so, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poke Tone won't talk. We've been, yeah. we've been begging the whole time, right, yeah. Steve? I've been begging yeah. Tone yeah. to speak to me forever, but he won't. Yeah, I mean, Ill Street Blues. <laughs> I mean, they made that. Cool mm. G-Rap. Right? So they making G-Rap's record. Candy Rain. They so, made so that. So for real. Classic. Right? One More Chance. Ooh, they Taurus. made that. Like... I rule the world. This, that, that. Hello, hey, cool lover. Day. They made that. Lounging, then dude. Foxy Brown, that whole album. They made that. Then Tone makes the, the, all of the, 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 the Fiesta. Fiesta. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to talk about it. this guy. You guys are crazy. There's not going to talk about range and time. Talk to Jermaine Dupree because so we so had an but, argument but about, about it. What did, Jermaine, what did Jermaine say? He disputed me because he, he felt at the time we had a. What did he say? Uh oh. Oh my God. Well, Opus, please. <laughs> What did he say? 
At the, that wants to know. He be said honest. that because I was giving him. I don't remember exactly verbatim because I don't want to put words in his mouth. But I mentioned, I believe, track masses. You could, you know, top ten in hip hop. And but he felt that he belonged in the top ten for hip hop. I disputed that. How does it, how does he deserve it to be in the top ten for hip hop? I don't know. That's I love Jermaine. True. Jermaine Dupree is a great producer for sure. Definitely for sure. And Confessions is ridiculous. Classic. And the record he, and the Mariah album he made was ridiculous. Mimi. Yeah. Emancipation. Like, um, uh, yeah. Like in hip hop, <laughs> uh, hip hop, hip hop. He made a couple of joints. Money ain't a thing, whatever. Yeah. But like, he's not. He wasn't comparing himself. He's saying that he's. No, I was giving him my list because when he had we had him on the show, the top producers top debate, producers mentioning of, names. Right. Love Jermaine Dupree. We and all I've do. been friends yeah. for a very, very long time. And but he both, doesn't get enough of his we're both, we're he both big he, Dallas Cowboys. To be fans. fair to him, he doesn't he get enough. He gets his just due. I don't think he, from critics, I don't think he does. I don't think people even give producers just due. Not anymore in this Yeah, so I don't yeah. I don't I think producers got left out. Um like DJs got left out. Mm, yeah. You know? Like um but you felt at the time Trap Masters was the only one kind of competing with Puffy at his height with the hitman. People don't man, realize how formidable that was. We was destroying those dudes. Kind of you were destroying the, the hitman? I don't say destroying, but it was giving Poke and Toe was killing the hitman? Well, yeah. Look, first of all, D-Dot, Nashim, dope, talented dudes. But <laughs> Kanye was doing some of those records. Oh, <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of ghost action. So a good battle is Poke Tone just straight up against D-Dot and Nashim. That's a good battle. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of eating <laughs> off the edges, D Dot. <laughs> Trackmasters definitely don't but get no, it just do though. Irv also doesn't get a lot of credit for being a group yeah. a great producer. Why does Irv call you Charlie? To the podcast, Charlie. <laughs> you have no idea how stupid that joke is, but it's funny. As <laughs> but hell. he stays with it because in um in uh it's not as good as in, the commissioner in, in casino. You remember in casino when the guy he put his head in the thing in the in the um Oh in the vice. In the vice. Charlie and he M. Says, <laughs> you did that for Charlie M? <laughs> I'm Charlie M. <laughs> I have no idea how I became Charlie M. So but no, but the are you doing that to protect Charlie M? You dumb motherfucker. No, to give people to give the you said new generation, they love inspiration, they love ambition, they love to hear these stories of like Failing and reinventing yourself you before, the stories, before yeah, before the reinvention mm-hmm. though, the whole thing with Trackmaster stuff, correct me if I'm wrong, was the day you met uh Tone and he asked you to manage Trackmaster and got involved with them was the day you got fired from your record company job. Facts. Wow. I was in I was in Green Acres Mall. Green Acres Mall. Who does it? <laughs> yeah, I was in Green Acres Mall. And I seen Tone, and at the time I had a um you could go to a producer and you can give him the acapella. And they would basically um, make the beat on the acapella. Yeah, like a, re- like a blend table. Like a blend table. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it was almost like their demo for the remix. And I had uh, music that I'd given the tone. I was waiting for him to come back with the demo. And I seen him in the mall. I'm like, yo, what's up? <laughs> I ran into well, him. Do you remember what it was? Yes. Are you going to say what it was? No, it was <laughs> terrible. It was, <laughs> it was trash. It was, uh, it, was, uh, it was early Steve Stout's. Uh, trash work mm. but anyway i gave it gave it to tone and I, he probably didn't want to do it because it was trash he made the right call but he came to my office we set up time 
And let's say we supposed to have a meeting at 10. He shows up at 1045. But I have an 11 o'clock meeting and he's on the phone dealing with some crazy shit at home. So I'm like, look, I got a meeting with my boss at 11. So you can finish your crazy shit. And when I come back, we could talk about. This is RCA Records. You was yeah, I was at RCA. Yeah. I was at RCA Records. A&R. Clue was my assistant. Rob Walker was there. That's when I met <laughs> Rob Walker Pharrell. Helped Pharrell. Yeah, yeah he, that's how Rob Walker found Pharrell. And um, going to the meeting. I, yeah, going to the meeting. I come back eleven seventeen with no fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sitting in my office. How do you Waiting fire for Steve you. Stout? I can't imagine anybody. Is that the last time anybody ever fired you? That'll be the only time anyone has the opportunity to fire. Wow! Me. Right. So the guy goes. The guy who fired me is famous too. The guy fires me. <laughs> who is this guy? Yeah. Do you snub him at cocktail parties? No, 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 no. You give no, him a bear hug. It's sad. He's a he's actually a really famous guy. Uh, he passed away. That's why it's okay. his name is Skip Miller. Okay. He actually was the guy who discovered Lionel Richie. Wow. Um, but there was a lack of understanding of hip hop well, and urban back well, then. Well, they too. were let, they were yeah. letting go. They let go. Capitol Records fired the entire hip hop division. Yeah. Like they. Record labels were disbanding hip hop. They didn't understand it. Yeah. Again, this is what I was saying. Like all the money comes in, and everybody wants the instant returns. Like, how come we can't have a hammer or we can't mm, have yeah. a, a Garth Brooks? A, a, a whatever. No, 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 no. See, Garth Brooks is selling. Michael Bolton is selling. You know, Kenny G is selling. All that shit is <laughs> yeah, still selling. Big it off. And by the way, a little bit in the R and B shit is selling. Tony Braxton selling. Mm-hmm. This is so, so. Why do you need to do this shit and deal with these guys and deal with this? Their entourages and the why do you have to deal with that? Yeah. And like if and the batting average of real money making success is low. So record companies who weren't connected, if you didn't have a Dante Ross or somebody who could like do the the thing, then then you just might as well just not even do it. And. uh, they were disbanding, so it was easy for them to get. They weren't. Fi- they were firing me, but they were really firing the whole black the music, part, right? You know, and I was just part of it. The only group they kept was um, SWV. Wow. Right. Wow. So anyhow, um, but hope- I come back in. I'm like Tone, and he's like, "I, I said, what am I going to do?" He's like, "We." I said, "I can manage you." Mm. And they were just in the middle of the Soul for Real album, wow. and I heard Candy Rain and. They were doing, and um, and 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 at that time, producers weren't getting. They were still like, if you were the guy like a Puff or Jermaine or whomever it was, you were already you were close to the record company, you were close to the artist, you were the gatekeeper. So all the other producers that came in would be like, they wouldn't get the shine. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing was like, you guys, we're gonna give you guys a shine, and we're not gonna, we're not. And I, I there was a couple things that I instituted that became law like if i do three or four records on your album we're the executive producer if if not <laughs> then we're not doing it because mm. yeah, you was like i'm not giving you singles i'm not giving you the thing. singles and then eating off of like you yeah. know they, they, you get paid equally like i'm getting i want to get if i'm doing three or four records i am not making the singles and everybody else is eating off of me like i'm the executive producer i want album points plus i want you know uh, points on our single, which is mm-hmm. higher than how were you able to get that? You had the first. No, the answer is called. Just no, I'm not doing it. We're not doing it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Then I <laughs> then I created these thing called song deals, which like they didn't even exist. Like, how about this? Rather than paying us 
$100,000 a track, because that's what I'm charging you, I'll charge Ooh. you $75,000 a track, but you buy 20 up front. Mm. <laughs> but how did it, But how did that momentum start? You, yeah. You're coming from being fired to RCA, poking Because I was on the inside. I knew. No, mm. but how did, what did the first click, like what, were the, what was the first thing that clicked with you guys that is, you could build yourself to have that leverage in the business? Like what was the first thing you guys Well, So on? For Real came out. Candy the Candy Rain, Rain success. Yeah. And then um, probably uh, Hey Lover and all that. LL, the LL Cool J album. He brought LL back. One of LL's many comebacks. Definitely. Yeah, we definitely, man. And you know what? I've known LL my whole, I've known LL for God knows how. I grew up idolizing him because uh, I lived, I used to see him in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I seen LL Cool J battle guys at, um, at, 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 uh, Green Acres Mall, and I seen him, <laughs> you know, on Jamaica Avenue mm-hmm. shopping at VIMs and <laughs> in, 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 in the uh, in the Coliseum, right? You know, shirt kings and all that. So I'd see him, black parties, the whole package, and I was uh, always like, I looked up to him. So when Chris Lighty asked me to work on the project, like we worked on the project, and it was like we're gonna make, and we had Foxy sign Tone found. Uh, Foxy Brown, that's how she got on I Shot You. You said the hard, Il, well, who shot you? Il Nana was the hardest project though for y'all, right? You said it was the hardest project to make. Well, that was another thing, man. I actually bet Puff on that, that she would sell more records than Kim on that, in that album, and she did. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Get You Home was a monster, and that's Hove. But but you know what? <laughs> Hove wrote the album, man. Mm. It was Tone and Hove. That's how all that R. Kelly and all that stuff that took place afterwards, their relationship started there. When Tone and, and 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 they did the Michael Jackson remix, they did the Maya remix. Tell Stop the Holler at me, man. Did you oh, ask did? for that shout out? That's no. what Genius says. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Stop Tell the, the Holler at me. Man. I don't. I, yeah. He's like, you know, Jay. Did I, how, how does that work? Why don't you try that? What was you hollering at? Well, well, what were you I've been waiting for a shout out for twenty yeah. years? <laughs> You're getting get gray hair waiting for. <laughs> I forgot about that shout out too. Tell Stout to holler at me. Tell just now, like a focus, that was man. Classic. Tell Stout that. But that's yeah. the drop off intro shout out. You do get shout out a lot of records. We'll get to that at the end. Though. I, have, I have a couple of references to, to shout out. It's not always great. Yeah, they talk about the puffy situation yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So is, what's the? Is that such an allure? Like, what's what's the issue? Like, do you do you? Does it bother you that that comes up a lot? That people think that associate that with your name? No, it doesn't happen anymore. In fact, I spoke to Puff this morning. <laughs> Um, the thing that nobody ever talks about to me and whether it be the Nas, J-Beef or thing with Puffy is that could have turned into a a, a jail, guns, this, that and the third. When there's mutual respect, I respect Puff, man. I've always respected him. I, like, I've known this guy. I was in. The, I was thinking about this. I was in his office. He had a Bobby Brown cutout, a life size Bobby Brown cutout, like Bobby Brown, like a five foot five Bobby Brown thing. With you put, the, you know, yeah. the CDs would be in his, like the in store, like right? yeah, yeah, like pull a CD from his vest and shit. And um, well, I was in his office when Magic Johnson announced that he had AIDS. So wow. it's like ninety two or ninety one, wow. like and I and I and I and I heard you remind me. I heard the soundtrack for um, oh, 
It was called Go Natalie at first. Strictly business. Strictly business. Yeah. 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 No, it wasn't Strictly No? Natalie. Go Natalie. Now she was a stripper. Go, Go Natalie was the first name of the movie. And then it was the first Halle Berry thing. Strictly business, then. Was that Strictly Business? Yeah. Okay. Now, it was originally called Go Natalie. Yeah, yeah. And I heard that soundtrack. And it was just like, like, I've known the man from that long. And, like, the fact that we went through that thing and hate me now and... But that, what was it? Did he ask to be taken out the video and you wouldn't take yeah, him out I, of it? I, I, I didn't take him out. Sony spent a million dollars, man. There's a guy named Donnie Ina, this guy who was a racist pig at Sony running uh, Columbia, running black, running Columbia. You know, this is the same guy who dropped Alicia Keys, who dropped 50 Cent. He was just a complete asshole. And like, he spent the million dollars to make this video, even though he's charging Nas $875,000 of that million. But wow. at the time, nobody really knows that, to nobody be honest really with you. Met, yeah. You know, and like, he, he wasn't going to let that scene of the guys on the cross come out. That's That was half of the million dollars. Wow. Puff wanted it. I was trying to go back and forth to keep it in, but, you know, I didn't ultimately have the call. I didn't, I didn't, I was a, you know, I was a 26, now I'm, I'm maybe 27 yeah. years old. Now, I definitely like that version for sure, but it wasn't like it was my decision. I could be like, no, put that in versus, I didn't have that. Kind of control. Well, we remember even culturally, like he's a fan watching yeah, on TRL I, I when they debuted the video. The yeah, it was a TRL, TRL, yeah. It was like it, Driller, like it was did. like a big reveal. It was like. a big, yeah. It was a big, it was a big deal, and that's, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate. And like, the first thing I had him do, man, when he did, he had to call my mom, and he called my mom. He didn't know my mom. He called my mom, and because I needed to get my mom, she that she knew I was in a, you know. Like, you don't want your mom thinking you're in a business where you could die anytime mm. and all that kind of shit. Meanwhile, you could back then. <laughs> I didn't want her to feel that feeling. And, you know, it took years. And then we got to a place where we respect one another. And I respect them. And, you know, it was challenging for me, man, to, 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 to feel like I was going to be the person that was a victim walking around and, you know, the butt of a joke or whatever, whatever, but that that actually motivated me to be like, I'm never going to be known as that guy. Mm. I'm going to put my fucking numbers up. You know, like a guy who misses a shot and he's like, I'm just, you're not going to remember me for missing that game yeah, yeah. Right. winner? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to put numbers up. And I just mm. started putting up numbers. Boom, 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 boom. Did Puff so not just want to be in the video at all? Like, no, he didn't want to be in that scene. He had a, a oh, his reverend scene, right. came in and thought it was sacrilegious that he was on a cross. It's like, well, then why'd you get on the cross? Right. But, you know, you brought the priest in too late. Mm. <laughs> but anyhow, you know, that was, that was it. It yeah. was really it. Four guys walk in. But it in, wasn't. You know, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, four guys walk in. They jump me in the office. TRL's on that 3-0, whatever time it was. They're in my office after that. And that was 99. I always said, Steve, yeah. back then people were sending facts, and that's when you knew something was real. And there was already facts, and like the, there was an incident or something yeah. happened. Like, yeah. that's the culture. Yeah, it was it. tough. I mean, it, it, was, it was tough for me to deal with. And it, you, you got to know, and if there's anybody that I could touch with this, is like you go through adversity, and it, it's, it's through that adversity that you find who you really are. Mm. And I'm not the type of guy to run around and 
use my money to hire an army of killers or do some crazy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not that. I felt like that, but that's not really who I am. I'm, I'm not that type of person, man. I, I, I want to do. I want to build a great business and and do great things in this world. I don't want to, you know, let my ego get me locked behind bars. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I felt dis- that was I disrespected. Absolutely, that I felt disrespected. Yeah, I had to figure out a way to like not let that define me. Yeah, how did y'all get to a better place? How do we get to a better? It took years. It so took it wasn't years. about people. I remember it took years. I remember one t- nobody, nobody could fix that. It took. It, it was us. And he was. He was very, very adamant to fix it. And um, it, it's I, I, the guy. I just would we would speak on a regular basis about we would talk about it. We would talk about what we are, what we mean. Mm. He's mm. never ever ever told me no. If I ask him for anything, he always says yes. Mm. He's never ever told me no. It's just like you meet people and you get like. That aside, the level of respect, it's like Nas and Jay. It's like. Oh, we're going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, 